It is 12.03, and the first words you say to me, why are we doing this show inside? Seriously, John. Technically, we need, we need a few more longer cables to get it outside. Maybe next week we'll work on that, my friend. Please do. Please In do. the meantime, it is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca and 416-216-5910. We are going to talk about the injury calculator very shortly, but first we always start with a, a week that was in a case that you've been through. Yeah, That's right, yeah, and it's been a very busy week. Uh, uh, this particular week, uh, I had... Uh, uh, a client of mine gave me a call. Now, this this gentleman is a longtime listener. He actually uh, contacted me a few months back okay. uh, because he listened to the show as he was working. He works on Sundays. And uh, he was in a car accident about a year ago, injured his right shoulder, and he has a physical uh, job that he does. And the problem is that uh, because of the, the physicality of his job, his injury has been aggravated. Uh, and so, of course, after listening uh, a few times, he called me and we started a claim. Uh, not a very difficult process, but here's what I learned this week when he when he called me. Uh, he told me that a few months back, he, he spoke with his employer, and uh, it's a very large employer, and he told his employer that he's having difficulty with his shoulder uh, that was injured in the accident. Okay. And so he was, he was asking for modified duties, which is not uncommon, and he was going to provide the necessary... Uh, 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 medical notes and, and proof, really, that he had difficulty. So he wasn't saying, I can't work. He just said, I need modification. A lot of people find themselves in that position after yep. an accident. Uh, and, and so uh, uh, what, what, uh, what did the employer say? employer said, no, uh, if, if you want to come back to work, you have to be 100%. And guess what? We want you to get a medical note clearing you to come back at 100%. Wow. So what does he do? He doesn't tell me. He doesn't realize that he needs to tell me this. Uh, despite the fact that I go through with everyone about their obligations, make sure you tell the truth, make sure you tell me about everything that's significant that happens in your life mm-hmm. uh, when I'm handling a claim for you because I have to make sure that I know how to protect you. So what does he do? He goes to a walk-in clinic and he gets a note from a doctor there. Of course, the doctor, well, I'm not saying, I'm saying of course, but I mean, obviously the doctor didn't really pay much attention to his injury because the doctor gives him a note that clears him to go back to work uh, full-time. It doesn't know his history. doesn't know his history. It's crazy. doesn't realize that, you know, for him actually doing the job that he's doing is further aggravating the injury. So it, it's come to the point now where he's working every day with tremendous pain. Now, why is he doing that? He's doing that because he can't afford to lose his job. Of course. He can't afford to have the employer tell him, you know, you're going to have to stay at home. I'm not going to accept you coming back here unless, unless you're clear to work at 100%. But here's the problem with this. Other than the medical issue here that arises, which is that if you are aggravating your injury on a daily basis, you're going to make it worse, 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 Mm -hmm. which means that down the road, and I've seen this happen before, if before a surgeon, for example, could have repaired the injury, now you've caused such an aggravation that perhaps anything that the doctors can do will not, will not put you back in you know, the way you were before. In other words, you're, you're going to cause some irreversible damage. So, so that's from the medical side. From the legal side, here's what's going to happen now. Uh, the insurance company of the vehicle that struck my client at some point is going to get a copy of the employment file. Okay. And when they look through the employment file, what are they going to see? They're going to see a medical note that says that he, he was can go fit back to go to, back to you work got it full time. Right. Exactly. So now that's going to affect his claim, even though it's not the truth. He's got two young kids at home. He's got a wife. He has to support his family. So I told him, listen, here's what we need to do. Uh, my mantra, John, you know it. Listeners know it. You have to tell the truth. Let me deal with the repercussions of protecting you, of, of dealing with the employer, of dealing with the insurance yeah, company. That's your gig. That's, that's my gig. Yeah. So, so what he's doing uh, next week, in fact, he's going back to his doctor. He's going to say, uh, look, it's been very, very difficult. I need a note that says that I need modified duties. Mm-hmm. He's going to then provide me a copy and his employer with a copy. And I told him that as soon as he hears from his employer, and by the way, this may not happen, 
But if his employer says, no, you have to stay at home, I, I can't accept you here, I can't accommodate you, you tell me immediately. I'm going to get one of our employment lawyers. God knows we have enough of those uh, at the firm. I know one of them. You know one of them, oh, yeah. yeah. They'll shoot a letter to the employer, and, and you know, they're, they're going to... It'll be Trust a 180. Me, it's a 180 completely, yeah, because at the end of the day, it's just bureaucracy. It's some, it's some guy or, or woman sure. there who's saying, uh, you know, you can't come back to work. So at the end of the day, we, we can deal with it, but you need to let me know. So people out there should know, if, if you have a personal injury claim and you have difficulty at work, if, if you get a medical note that says that you're cleared to work full-time, it doesn't matter what the rationale is for you getting that note. It's mm-hmm. going to impact your personal injury claim. And I think a lot of the times, A, the employers don't know that they're doing something wrong, that they can't do that. And B, they're scaring the employee into coming back. That's exactly they what They feel like doing. they don't have a choice. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I got to come back. And you know, oftentimes one letter from us fixes the entire situation. It's amazing. It's a big Band-Aid. And it it's works pretty well. It's a huge Band-Aid. We want to talk about the injury calculator. This is huge. If you haven't uh, seen this or heard us talk about it in the last show, we'll get to that. In the meantime, taking a, a short break, 416-216-5910. That is Savan's number. And you want to send an email anytime, ask some questions and uh, help at the insurance and we'll take your phone calls today, too. Uh, you want to call in 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Insurance and Injury Law Show. This is Talk Radio AM 640. 12, 12, ready to rock and roll. As mentioned, before we get into this, I'm going to give you some uh, some information, some numbers anyway. That is 416-216-5910. That is Savannah's direct number or help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. You want to ask some, some questions. Now, uh, I want to get into this as well. We uh, we kind of debuted this last week, and we'll talk about it again right here. Injurycalculator.ca. Love this thing. Yeah, this is this is fantastic. It's the first, uh, the first calculator of its kind in the personal injury context in Canada. Okay. And, and really, uh, we, we've created it out of the need uh, because people, whenever they call me or they call lawyers in general, they want to know, not because they're greedy, but they want to know if it's even worth it for them to pursue a personal injury claim. Sure. Uh, they want to know, listen, I, I injured my back, I injured my shoulder, my knee. What is the value of that injury? I mean, obviously, if you make a claim, no one is going to then, uh, uh, you know, fix your knee for you. They're going to give you money for that injury, assuming someone is at fault for the accident. Yep. And this is why we created this, and it took us quite a few months to, to, to uh, uh, scour the databases, the legal databases, to uh, look at, at you know, hundreds, thousands of cases across the country where uh, judges have basically given opinions about values for various injuries. Uh, now, it's very, very important to say that every case is unique, and when you go to injurycalculator.ca, and in fact, John, we can just go on it right now, mm-hmm. it's very, very user-friendly. Uh, there's a button there. It says get started now. You input a little bit of information. You choose the primary injury. So if you injured your back, you put your back. And sometimes there will be follow-up questions For sure. uh, because they need to know. We need to know if there was a, if there was a fracture or if it's just a strain, uh, if it's a shoulder, whether it's a, you know, there's a tear or not. Uh, are, are you currently working? Is it affecting your work or not? And then what happens at the end, it gives you a range uh, of money that uh, you could potentially get uh, as a settlement for your personal injury claim. Now, it doesn't account for other types of damages which are very specific to each case. So, for example, uh, if you've been injured in a car accident and now you have difficulty working, clearly that's something that a lawyer will have to assess, which Mm -hmm. is exactly what we do on a daily basis at the firm. Right. But the beauty of the site is that it's anonymous, it's quick. I mean, literally, it's going to take you 30 seconds to go through. You input the information, and then at the end, if you want to have a more comprehensive consultation, you can click the button. If you don't, and you're just happy with it, that's fine. But many times people come to me after they've spoken to other lawyers, 
And the main complaint is, well, the Lord is not telling me what I could potentially get at the end. Like at least a ballpark would be nice, Well, that's the thing. Exactly. Exactly. And I just go through scenarios with people. I mean, again, every case is unique. And keep in mind, uh, if you had an accident yesterday and you were injured, you have no idea how that injury is going to evolve a few months from now, a year from now, two years from now. But at the very least, you'll have that range. And that's the whole point of why you have that range of, of you know, 30 to 50,000, 80 to 100,000, because right. it depends on how your injury evolves. It depends on if you're going to need surgery in the future or not, uh, if your injury resolves. Very, very cool tool. Uh, it's, it's been used now for the last week uh, quite a lot. I mean, we see the usage. Uh, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of people are, are, are I think, uh, seeing it as, as another tool to help them figure out what to do with their claim, if they should pursue the claim, if the claim is being handled by another lawyer or a law office, it doesn't match up with what the lawyer is telling them. Mm-hmm. So it's just really neat. And they can forecast maybe, you know, years coming for, for injury and income. They can think right. of budget, really, with yeah, that, with yeah. that no, I mean, it helps. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, listen, we always say, just like everything else, uh, this, is, this is a tool. It's something you, you can't rely on, but it gives you an idea. And this is what people are looking for. In fact, when people ask me, what is my injury worth? Again, they're not... They're not they're always giving me a caveat. They're saying, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing this for the money. And I understand that. Yeah. But they need the information. For sure. Right? I mean, yep. it makes sense. I would want that information. So, so now it's out there. And again, this is not coming from just me spewing these numbers. It's coming from us doing research. Oh, the back end work cases. was huge before was, he launched this huge, thing, right? Absolutely yeah. huge. In fact, the, the calculator actually, it says there that it's based on a survey of Canadian cases. Right. So we're not dealing with American case law, Australian case law. <laughs> this is, this is, it gives you a range of what courts have awarded uh, in the last probably 50 years across oh. the country for various injuries. Again, injurycalculator.ca. Go on, check it out and have a look. I want to get to an email here. We uh, Again, we encourage you to send them long help at the insurancelawyer.ca. Got to, uh, Tracy from Ajax says, I just got a letter from my long-term disability insurance company. They say that they will cut me off my disability at the end of April because they think I can go back to work. We just talked about it like this. Yeah. Uh, I lost my husband a year ago and I can hardly function. I can't get out of bed. My sister helps me with everything around the house. I can't go back to work. Can I do anything? Absolutely, you can. And we get these types of uh, disability cases all the time. People calling us in, in sheer panic mm-hmm. uh, because they're getting that fateful uh, phone call or a letter from the adjuster. And, and you know, John, oftentimes that phone call or that letter or that email is more stressful than the illness or the injury itself. Uh, it's just it adds so much stress and it further debilitates the person. Uh, and, and, you know, many times uh, people just back off and they say, OK, well, this is what the insurance company is saying. So they either give up or they try to go back to work to their own detriment. They get worse. Yeah. Uh, so, Tracy, you absolutely have uh, uh, recourse here. Oftentimes what we do is uh, we, we, you know, when I speak with the person, I get all the information. I then uh, get the medical information. I mean, clearly okay. there's going to be reports here. I'm assuming Tracy's going to her family doctor regularly. Uh, there may be a psychotherapist involved, a psychologist or psychiatrist, social worker, someone. And these people uh, will presumably be giving reports or notes uh, regularly to the insurance company. Well, I need to see that. And oftentimes I can resolve these kinds of disputes with a single letter to the adjuster. Because, John, what does an insurance company not want? They don't want a claim. They don't want a letter from a lawyer that specializes in this area. Why? Because it costs them money to deal with it. So when they tell you uh, that, you know, you're ready to go back to work or we're going to cut you off, what are they gambling on? They're gambling on you either backing off. Turtling and saying, okay. Exactly. And just going, you know, your own way. Or, or uh, they're hoping that somehow they'll come up with um, a, a, a uh, settlement that they can offer you, something really small, like a fraction of what you could potentially be entitled to. Get you off the books. The file. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, the, 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 
the point is that they're trying to save money, and that's one of the ways to do it. So, Tracy, absolutely, this is not difficult to resolve. Uh, just contact me after the show, and, and we can deal with it first thing Monday. We often on the show, when you talk about cases or when you're talking to people, when they call in, you say, you know, we'll get one of our lawyers or one of our paralegals to give you a call. I want you to uh, describe and define the difference between the two. So we'll take a short break and get into that. In the meantime, 416-216-5910, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And you can call us here on the radio station right up until 1 o'clock, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And go try it, injurycalculator.ca. Lots more of the Insurance and Injury Law Show coming up, Talk Radio, AM 640. 1222, I know it's nice, it's beautiful. It's sunny and warm. Good time to uh, give us a call. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca and Savannah's number directly. You heard him right there. 416-216-5910. And go online and check out injurycalculator.ca. See what your injury could potentially be worth as far as a settlement is concerned. All right. Uh, Paralegals and lawyers. We know the terms. What's the difference? Okay. Very, very important to know because a lot of people actually don't know. Uh, and, and they go to one or the other, and they get confused very easily. So a, a, a lawyer and a paralegal, they're both licensed by the Law Society of Upper Canada. Okay. They both have to have uh, legal insurance. Uh, they both have to have uh, that license. Uh, they have to be in good standing. They can both do legal work. But the difference is that a lawyer can do everything a paralegal can do. A paralegal can't do everything a lawyer can do. And the easiest analogy that I can give you, it's, it's not, it's not a, an accurate analogy, but it's the easiest, is, is a nurse and a doctor, okay? Uh, a nurse can only do so many things medically, uh, but they're not allowed to do many other things that doctors can do. The exact same thing here. So what can a paralegal do? A paralegal can represent you in small claims court. Uh, a paralegal can, can go to the human rights tribunal for you. Uh, uh, they can do accident benefits, right? When you're in a car accident and you're dealing with your own insurance company, they can deal with that. What can a paralegal not do that a lawyer can? They can't uh, start claims over $25,000. So in other words, anything above small claim court, they can't deal with. Uh, They often deal with uh, personal injury, so small slip and falls. Mm -hmm. uh, But again, they're very limited because they can only represent someone in small claims court. So if you have a tear to your shoulder, for example, if you go on the injury calculator website... And uh, you type that in all the information, you will get numbers that are far higher in terms of pain and suffering, what the settlement value is or the judgment value is of those injuries, uh, than $25,000. So uh, many people end up going to paralegals uh, after a car accident. And what happens in those instances is that the paralegal deals with the accident benefits claim. And at some point down the road, they uh, connect that client or that person with a lawyer that they work with, generally for so they a do work together. Fee. A lot of okay. times they do work together. Yes, yes. The concern is what happens if a paralegal uh, bites more than than they can chew, and I've seen that happen before. And I've seen situations where people have come to me where a claim was started by a paralegal, but the claim is actually significantly uh, higher in value than what okay. the paralegal thought, and they've assessed it incorrectly. And that prejudiced the claim, not because they couldn't extract the, 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 the claim out of small claims and put it into a higher level court, but because we, we were in a situation where the insurance company that was contacted, uh, the insurance company that was going to pay the settlement at the end of the day, yep. uh, because there was a paralegal involved and, and they assumed that the value of the case was, was that much lower. Guidelines, exactly. Yeah. Now it's going to be much more difficult to get the insurance company to agree or to understand that the value of the case is much higher. To pony up the dough. To pony up the dough, exactly. So yeah, so paralegals do handle these kinds of claims, slip and falls, trip and falls, dog bites, all that kind of stuff, accident benefits. I usually tell people there's nothing wrong with a paralegal. We have paralegals in our office. Mm -hmm. In fact, there's one that works very close with me on claims. 
generally, I prefer it when you have the paralegal and lawyer working in the same office. There is less chance for things going wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the documents are in the same vicinity. Uh, there is constant communication. That's not to say that paralegals and lawyers can't work if they're working outside offices, mm-hmm. like if, if they're, you know, they have their own practices. But it's just more cohesive if they work in the same office. That's my preference. Dumb question. Yep. Do they have the same level of law school? Do they uh, go to law school? No, no, they don't. Uh, they don't go to law school. It's, go. Like, it's a good point. Wasn't yes. a dumb question. Hey-o! Uh, no dumb questions, John. Well. Uh, no, they don't go to law school. They they, they do what's called a paralegal uh, um, degree or diploma at a college. College, okay. Uh, like Durham cool. College or one of those. Uh, and sometimes they can do an accelerated uh, program where they do it. Uh, they, they essentially go to school for one year. Uh, and then they get their diploma, and then uh, I, I believe they have to have some kind of a practicum or they have to have some hours where they spend in a law office mm-hmm. uh, or with another senior paralegal that has a practice, something like that. Uh, lawyers generally, they have to go for three years. There's articling at the end of that. So it's really a four-year process for a lawyer, uh, and only then are, are, they, are they actually licensed uh, or called to the bar to be able to practice here. For paralegals, no, it's, it's, it's a much shorter process. Very cool. Uh, Sam from Toronto uh, emailed us help at the insurance lawyer.ca. says, I had a car accident five months ago when a truck hit me from behind, and I was pushed into the car in front of me. So picture that. Uh, broke yes. three ribs, suffered a concussion, haven't been able to go back to work. I still uh, haven't received anything from my insurance company, and I call them every day and leave messages. Uh, hired a paralegal. There you go. But I right. don't know what he's doing. I'm not getting anything. Help. Okay. Well, that's uh, that sounds like a very significant accident. I mean, if you're hit by a truck, you break, you broke a few ribs, a concussion. Uh, clearly, you're going to be outside of the minor injury guidelines. The MIG. Remember, we spoke the MIG. We spoke mm-hmm. about that, where you're only getting thirty five hundred dollars uh, for your treatments. Uh, clearly, here you're going to have a lot more money uh, from the insurance company for that. But if you haven't been able to go back to work and haven't received anything, and it's been five months ago, th- there's there's a red flag here. Because what do I always say with people who can't go back to work or have difficulty working? Uh, one one of the the, the quickest benefits you should be getting after a car accident is uh, income replacement benefits, right. which you can get up to four hundred dollars a week. Oh, there's a, a formula, weekend. right? So in this case, there's a, there's a there's a very big problem here, Sam. If if the paralegal you've hired hasn't been able to get that for you, there seems to be an issue here. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a problem with your insurance company or if the paralegal hasn't submitted the the, the papers, uh, and 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 you know the deadline for that is is thirty days after the accident. So uh, you know, give me a call. I'm going to ask you some more questions, and we can go over it. But it seems like you have a fairly significant claim. Uh, you're also going to have here a tort claim, which is that claim against the trucker that hit you from behind. So not only are you dealing, that work? Okay, so not only are you dealing with your own insurance company, which I guess this paralegal is supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. uh, but you have a claim against the insurance company or the person who hit you. So you're dealing with two insurance companies, yours for the various treatments that you need, okay. the income replacement benefits, all that kind of stuff. But here, this is an at-fault accident. So you're not at fault, but someone else is at fault, which means that their insurance company is going to be on the hook for other types of damages. And that'll be the larger amount over long term, right? right? And and John, paralegals are not allowed to do those kinds of claims. This is when usually they hook you in with with a lawyer who does that kind of work. Right. And, and, you know, one of the, again, criticism that I have with paralegals and, and lawyers who work together on these types of claims but not necessarily the same office is that oftentimes I see a lag between when the accident happened and when the case actually is referred to a lawyer to start that tort right, claim. Right. And the problem is, again, with these lags, especially with someone who hasn't been working for five months, is that he's struggling. He, he probably has a family. Uh, he, 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 you know, he has obligations he has to meet. 
and he wouldn't necessarily know that his other claim against the at-fault driver could have already started. Right. So very, very important to make sure that, you know, you don't just consult a paralegal if you have a car accident. You always talk to a lawyer as well. Gotcha. 416-216-5910. That is Savan's number. Help at the insurancelawyer.ca through email. And anytime you want to check it out, it is injurycalculator.ca. More of the Insurance and Injury Law Show coming up. Talk radio. AM 640. 1232. Savannah's number, by the way, 416-216-5910. Help at the insurancelawyer.ca. And we uh, we got a phone call. A nice sunny Sunday. Yunan, how are you? Hello there. Hello, yes. Hi. Hey, pal. What's going on? Okay. My name is Yunan. I was listening to the comments that the lawyer is making. Yes. Uh, I disagree with uh, many of the things, although I agree with some. I'll tell you something. I've seen paralegals do a better job than any lawyer, and I've seen lawyers screw up cases for their claimants. Uh, in, in, uh, by far more than any paralegal has. So let's, I, think, I think the lawyer should be fair in these comments and not shift the, shift the blame on paralegals in certain cases and take credit for lawyers. There are good lawyers and there are lousy lawyers, just the same as there are good paralegals and lousy paralegals. But the bottom line is insurance companies are the ones who pick and choose and decide which claim they're going to honor properly and which one they're going to push them to the edge and hoping that the, per- the person will go away or that. So the insurance companies are doing a really bad damage to the, to the people who are injured. Thank you very much, and I appreciate you listening. Thanks, Yunan. I don't, I don't think you were saying that paralegals far slower than the mark. They're just a no, certain level saying, to where they can go to, right? Right, and you know the yeah. frustration that I hear from Yunan is something that I hear oftentimes because he is right that many lawyers screw up claims. I mean, we see that in the office all the time, and it's not just personal injury. It's in employment. I'm sure it's in other types of industries, in real estate. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying the paralegals uh, are screwing up more than lawyers. No. In fact, it, it's, it's no different than me saying that, uh, you know, the doctors screw, uh, screw up more than nurses or vice versa. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there are certain things that paralegals cannot do. A lawyer can do everything a paralegal can do by law. law. Yeah. By law. Right. And that's not to say that they're necessarily doing it better. He's <laughs> right. correct about that because yep. some lawyers and, and – there's some lawyers out there that should not be practicing, just like there are some paralegals out there that should not be practicing. But the reality, and if Yunan was actually on, on air still, I would have asked him, uh, am, I not wrong, am, am, am I not right that uh, a lawyer can do everything a paralegal can do, uh, but a paralegal is not allowed to do everything a lawyer can do? And, and, and so he's, he's right. Now, the, the, the one point that we both agree on is that insurance companies often take advantage mm-hmm. of people who are injured, people who are in disability. Uh, and again, I'm not... I don't want to say that insurance companies are just a devil because they're not. They have a business to run. There is, there is, there is a model there that, that they're working with, and the model is to make money. Of course. It's how they do it. it you know, and by the way, some adjusters from some insurance companies uh, are very, very fair. And we see those also on a daily basis, just like we see adjusters who are completely unfair, who despite all the medical documents that they see, simply choose to ignore it. And frankly, those are the cases that if they end up in court – and by the way, most cases don't end up in court because insurance companies want to settle. Right. But some cases, when they go to court, many times insurance companies get hit with very large punitive damages because of the tactics that they employ. And I'm sure you've had, you probably had paralegals in your office where you're like, you know what, you're, dude, you should go to law school. You're really good at this. 100%. You should take it to the next level. Right? You know what, John? The, the paralegal that I work with very, very closely, uh, she's one of the most responsible people that I know. She's always eager to learn. She knows a hell of a lot more than many lawyers that practice in right. the same area. And, and frankly, she's more responsible. I mean, if you shoot her an email at 6 in the morning, you're going to get an, an email back at 6.02. 
most lawyers don't do that. Most paralegals don't do that. I mean, she's just an exceptional person. Right. But her knowledge base is much greater than many lawyers. But the reality is that she can't do what I do. She's right. not allowed just under the law society regulations. So that's my point. My point is that paralegals are limited in what they can do. Uh, they can't do what lawyers can do. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Hello, George. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Good. You got a question for Savan? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned regarding a, a case. Uh, my son was, uh, during his delivery, was injured. Mm-hmm. Um, by a, he has a brachial plexus injury. Yes. And um, it's, he's 10 years old, about to turn 11. And we still haven't seen any uh, financial, you know, payment or anything. It's we're just looking at going to court next year. Mm-hmm. But I'm really concerned um, that I don't think that what his representation is adequate. The numbers that they're talking about, I'm kind of concerned. Okay. And uh, I just don't know what to do because. You know, it's dragged on for a long time. They absorbed two other cases that happened with the same doctor. Mm-hmm. And uh, those two ended up settling. And I'm still left. And um, it just seems like uh, it, it, right now it appears that the um, the insurance or the doctor, they're, they're probably just going to admit uh, guilt for the injury, but just argue damages. Okay. And um, I, I just feel like that this law firm isn't uh, doing the it's frustrating, right? It's frustrating. Well, yeah, they probably about two years ago when she convinced, uh, or sorry, the, the lawyer wanted me to consider a settlement. Um, she wanted to also change my retainer agreement. Really? To uh, have the uh, retainer increased if she has to go to trial. And uh, I, she didn't even bring my existing retainer for me to review. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I'm not signing any adjustments until you show me what I already signed. And I knew what I had signed anyways, but um, I just thought that was overhanded, especially when you're trying to get me to settle, saying if we have to go to court, you're going to demand more. Right. When my existing retainer covered everything. So, um, yeah, that, those are my thoughts. and. I'm just, it's a large Toronto law firm. Right. So. Okay. okay. George, let me, let me deal with a few issues that you've raised. Uh, number one, when we're dealing with, with minors, yes, uh, and this is something that we see quite often, uh, we see situations where they are the exception to the rule. You can't resolve necessarily these claims as quickly as you can someone who Based is, on who age. is an adult. Exactly, okay. because oftentimes you need to see how the injury evolves and you need to see what the impact is on the child as they grow. As a growing body, right? Exactly. And that's the reason why, uh, you know, as we said before, there's a two-year limitation period to start claims from when the incident happened. Gotcha. Uh, But with minors, there's an exception. Their limitation period doesn't start running until they're 18 years old. And it's exactly for that reason, or that's one of the reasons, is to make sure that uh, you know, the person is, is, has adequately developed so we can assess what the long-term repercussions gotcha. are. Uh, what's, what's, what's concerning me here, uh, and I don't know which law firm it is, but it's very concerning to me that he's being asked to uh, uh, change the retainer midway. Up that's, the ante. that's very, very unusual. 
Okay. Very, very unusual. Uh, we can talk a bit more about that when we come back from And break. we'll take a short break. You'll want to give us a call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. There's also help at theinsurancelawyer.ca if you want to ask uh, Savannah a question through email and his personal number, 416-216-5910. And you want to see what your injury is possibly worth, go to injurycalculator.ca. More of the Insurance and Injury Law Show straight ahead on Talk Radio AM 640. And back at it we go, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Hang on, Don, we'll uh, get to you there in just a minute. I want to follow up with George, our last, our last caller. Yeah. yeah, I just had one last comment, and this goes for everyone out there uh, who, who um, has a child or someone who's incapacitated, uh, who has a personal injury claim. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, George, is that any settlement is going to have to be reviewed and approved by a judge. Okay, so I'm not sure what's going on there with that retainer agreement that the lawyer wants to change, uh, but a judge is going to be reviewing whatever settlement documents there are. Uh, the, the judge is, is supposed to be reviewing the fees that are going to the lawyer, uh, what money is going to be held in court for the minor until they reach 18. So within in, in infant or, or minor types mm-hmm. of claims, uh, those kinds of settlements uh, are always approved by, by, by a judge. So, so we have that check, you know, okay. that, that, that check and balance. We'll get to uh, Don. Don, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hi, Don. Uh, not too bad. I uh, had a trip and fall uh, before the uh, New Year uh, in a large retail store uh, due to their negligence. And, um, uh, you know, I had a, f- a few bumps and scrapes. Um, you know, didn't have to take time off work. Uh, my work allows me to be at home at a computer and different things like that. But I did... Uh, suffer a few scrapes and certainly some pain and uh, kind of like a whiplash effect. Um, and I wasn't trying to hit a home run, quite honestly. Uh, you know, I just uh, thought there could be a little bit of compassion on the store's behalf, but they ended up uh, having an insurance company contact me, and, you know, we've been in talking, and I've given my uh, doctor's records and everything else like that, being up and above board. And it did... Um, I had uh, something that was kind of lying dormant uh, in my neck, but this uh, fall has kind of triggered it. And uh, so I I manage pain. Uh, I don't have it every day. I had it extreme for about eight weeks. And now uh, every once in a while, you know, can't sleep or stuff like that. Just wondering, um, you know, everyone, you know, going forward, uh, they seem to be dragging their heels. They've had all the information for over uh, six weeks now, and then there's, you know, someone telling me, well, someone's on a holiday. I want to discuss it with the, you know, the retailer first, yada, yada, yada. Am I getting kind of uh, led uh, led down the road? Uh, possibly. Let me ask you some questions. What caused you to fall, first of all? Uh, they had left uh, pallets in an aisle, and uh, it was blind. You could blindsided, and so when I went around thinking there was a clear aisle there, uh, there was a pallet on the floor, and so I went for a little, little fall. Okay, and uh, when you spoke with the adjuster, did the adjuster ask to come by and take a statement from you? Yes, I had someone uh, from their uh, service come and take a statement, and that was back in January. Was there anybody with you, a lawyer or a paralegal, somebody representing you? No. Okay. Uh, after that statement, uh, is that when you found that they were stonewalling you, or is, has it been uh, even well, before just, that? Yeah, you know, it's one of those kind of things. The guy that took my statement was very uh, sympathetic and understanding, mm-hmm. and uh, he had to uh, write his report and send it off to head office, who I'm dealing with uh, somebody directly. 
but it just seems uh, you know they at that time they certainly wanted my records they wanted to interview the people at the store right because um you know the first thing i said out of my mouth why don't you just check the camera well their camera <laughs> was blocked from view so you know they're thinking i was making it up or whatever but mm-hmm. uh, certainly my doctor's reports and the x-rays uh you know, an ultrasound, um, you know, identified that uh, there was something pre-existing, but uh, in the last, I've never had any issues, nor have I complained or gone to the doctor for uh, the pain and where this has resulted from. Okay, Don, let me let me give you a picture of what's going on right now, just so you understand where you, where you stand. Uh, okay. First of all, this is very, very common. Uh, oftentimes, insurance companies, when they're dealing with someone who doesn't have representation, Uh, will in fact do exactly what they've done here. They'll come in, they'll take a statement, they're going to be sympathetic, they're going to be friendly, they're going to be helpful. Uh, Or so it seems. I I, I don't know um, the content of the statement that you've given them. Uh, You may may have thought that you've given them the information uh, that in fact is the truth in a very innocuous uh, way, Uh, but I don't know what words were used, and I don't know how they are now assessing uh, fault. Even though for you, from your standpoint, it's a no-brainer that they're at fault, I actually don't know if they are viewing it the same way, and and I, and I don't know yet if if they have in fact told you that they think they're at fault or not. Oftentimes, uh, what what adjusters will do is they will do exactly that. They'll take the statement, they'll ask you for a blank authorization, effectively, to get all your medical records, uh, which right. in itself is fairly concerning because when when a lawyer is involved, usually the lawyer doesn't allow them to get more than let's say three years worth of records pre-accident. And here, most times, if they're dealing with someone who's not represented, they'll get far more than that. Why? Because the more documents they have, the more ammunition they could potentially have to argue that you had all these pre-existing issues. Uh, yeah, now, well, yeah. okay, sorry, but at the end of the day, they just took three years. Right, and, okay. Uh, and, and I used, uh, you know, terms like negligence and everything else like that. I, I right. wrote uh, I had things in writing of basically knowing that the retailer is responsible for the customer safety in their store. Right. And, uh, you know, quite honestly, um, the the retailer failed to uh, file the uh, uh, incident report, and it didn't hit the insurance company for more than two weeks after the incident, mm-hmm. nor did they follow up with me, right. and they're aware of that. So... Well, you Don, know, three, three, uh, there's going to be three scenarios here. I'm, I'm going to tell you yep. that right now. That's, that's a okay. guarantee. The first scenario is that nothing is going to happen. They're going to drag their feet, and they're going to drag their feet uh, until the limitation period expires, which is two years. Okay, and I know we're only six months uh, after, yep. but just be aware of that. That's number one. Yep. Uh, number okay. two, the second scenario is that uh, they'll simply come back at you and say, we deny liability. And for you, it's going to be a shock because it's a no-brainer that they're responsible. But believe it or yeah. not, in many cases, they do come back and saying, we are denying it. Because then that, that puts you in a position where you have to think, well, what do I do? Do I just back off or just let it go? Or do I go to someone like a lawyer or a paralegal, whoever it is? So that's yeah. the second scenario. The third scenario is that uh, they're going to try to and enter into some kind of a negotiation with you. They'll downplay your injuries. They'll downplay the impact. They'll obviously yep. mention the whole pre-accident issues you had, which were dormant. Which, by the yep. way, that doesn't that doesn't prejudice you. That prejudices them because the law says that if you had a condition 
and, and by virtue of somebody else's negligence, that condition which was previously dormant uh, now has come alive or, or now, you know, th- th- that was that was the uh, the spark that, that, that lit the fire. That's not right. your fault. That's the fault of whoever was negligent here. But what they yeah. may do is they may then offer you a very small amount, whatever that is. And oftentimes it's a few thousand dollars. Uh, they'll offer right. two grand, five grand, three grand, whatever that is. Sometimes maybe a little bit more and they're going to play hardball. And then you're going to be, again, faced with a choice of whether or not you want to try and negotiate with them or uh, do you want to get someone else, a lawyer, a paralegal, someone else to do it for you or with you. And a lot depends right. on, on the quantum of the claim. I mean, there's been situations where somebody's come to me and I said, listen, based on what I'm seeing here in the medical documents from an income standpoint, it wouldn't make sense for you to hire me. You're going you're to end up paying me more than you could otherwise get for yourself. So just go ahead and do what you need to do. But many times I see situations where people offer the settlement, which is just a fraction of what it really should be. And so that's usually my concern. So if you're asking me if they're stalling, yes and no. Uh, Insurance companies are just naturally very slow creatures. Adjusters have hundreds of claims on their desk. Uh, I'm not sure if the adjuster you're dealing with, if if you're leaving messages, sending emails and not getting responses, but that's also quite frequent. Uh, But but the the three scenarios are exactly what you're going to be facing. You're going to be facing a situation either that they keep dragging their feet, you're going to get frustrated and limitation period is going to expire or they're going to offer you something or they're going to simply say we're not offering anything those are the three scenarios it's not unusual for these processes to take that much time because you're not being represented there is no one really who's applying pressure on them and that john something we see quite often and that's how i generate leverage is by saying you have until so-and-so date to respond otherwise you're going to get hit with a claim and once you do then your cost is going to rise. You got it. In the meantime, Don, 416-216-5910 is Savan's number. Might want to give him a call or email him, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots more of the Insurance Injury Law Show coming up right to 1 o'clock on Talk Radio AM 640. Want to get to uh, an interesting uh, email here, Savan, for our last few minutes. Uh, let me get into it. Sandra from Etobicoke writes, My father was boarding a flight at Pearson Airport a few weeks ago and tripped and fell while walking into the plane. He, uh, he broke his wrist. Who's responsible, and can he get compensation? Uh, that's a very interesting situation. And a warm uh, meal, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right, maybe a free flight to Florida. Yeah. Uh, very, very interesting uh, uh, situation because we do encounter from time to time people who tell me that they've been injured uh, while on a flight mm-hmm. or they've been injured when they've been uh, embarking or disembarking. And, and, you know, these kinds of cases, many lawyers don't know, they're not treated like other personal injury cases. Uh, when I first uh, stumbled on a case like that where I had someone who was injured as, as he was um, going onto a plane, uh, I, we did some research, and this was years and years ago, and, and you know, th- th- this is actually ground in international law. I was going to say. In fact, yeah. it, it's the Warsaw Convention Come that on. deals with it. Yes, yes, that uh, uh, famous convention that deals with uh, global issues and all these kinds of, of things, that actually dealt with, with these kinds of scenarios. And, and here's what the law says. You don't have to establish that the airline is at fault here. It's, they're automatically presumed at fault. It's called strict liability. All you have to show, if you're injured uh, during a plane ride or when you're coming in and out of a, of a plane, all you have to show is that you're injured. In other words, you have to prove your damages, your okay. injuries. So, Sandra, in, in, uh, in your father's case, really... Uh, if if we have the medical reports, the incident report from from the airline from from uh, Air Canada that shows that in fact this happened, this is not going to be a very difficult claim to resolve. 
it's it's just not it's just a question of what is the extent of the injury uh does he need anything by way of treatments uh i'm not sure if there is an income loss here i don't know how old he is but you don't have to establish that the airline is at fault here all you have to show is that he was in fact injured uh as this as this was happening as he was uh embarking or disembarking from the plane so he's heading to disneyland all of a sudden now it's part of the warsaw convention the guy's going to the hague exactly yeah (laughs) Exactly. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's interesting. Let's uh, get to this again just before we uh, we wrap for the day. I want to go through some broad strokes of the injurycalculator.ca again to remind everybody. Yeah, beautiful little tool that took us uh, quite a long time to do. Uh, this tool uh, is free. It's anonymous. It's accurate. Uh, very important also to understand that it, what it does is it gives you a range of what you could potentially get for your pain and suffering uh, if, if you've suffered an injury and someone was at fault. So whether it's a slip and fall in a parking lot uh, or whether it was a car accident that somebody T-boned you, uh, the injury calculator will allow you to go through a questionnaire. It'll take you 30 seconds. You put in your inf- not, n- not your personal information, just you know things like age, uh, uh, where this happened, your primary injury. Uh, it, it will ask you... Uh, with respect to a particular injury, if, okay. you've, if you've had uh, chronic pain, if, uh, if you've had surgery, you know, severity, the- severity, exactly. Yeah. And then it's going to give you at the end uh, a, a number or a range of what you could potentially expect to get awesome. uh, as, 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 as part of a, uh, of, of a settlement for your pain and suffering. And then from there, you can choose to click through and, and talk to one you can talk contact to you. us. Yeah, yep. you can contact our office uh, through that. Uh, there's no obligation. I mean, you don't have to. You can just, <laughs> you know, click off the browser and that's it. But you at least it. it's going to give you an idea of what it is you can expect. Done for another week, my friend. 416-216-5910. That is Savan's direct number. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca for emails. And like we just mentioned, click on it and check it out. www.injurycalculator.ca. This has been the Insurance and Injury Law Show. This is Talk Radio, AM640.